Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Everybody, what's up? The CBC Wisdom Hour, number 33. I'm Steve Witchell in New Orleans. And Tony B. here in New Jersey. What's yes, happening? sir. Number 33. It is uh, July 10th, 2018, by the way, for those keeping score. 33. Yes. Tony Dorsett, running back for the he, Dallas Cowboys. He was 33, wasn't he? He sure was. And we are live on the page, Cover Band Central page on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash Cover Band Central. Imagine that. Also showing in the group on Facebook, which is Cover Band Central, or I'm sorry, facebook.com slash groups slash Cover Band Central. And also on iTunes, which is where we get most people to listen and or download the show share to a group i'm doing this while i'm this is really the multitasking thing here man is just challenging talking while trying to type and share is just not easy it's two different parts of the brain i think it's kind of like are joining, guys are joining live right and left got johnny and pete are on right now shout out to johnny and pete who are live right now i don't think that's true but cool <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody right now is listening live. Like right this second, like we could just say anything. There's two people listening live, <coughs> right? Yeah, me and you. <laughs> yeah, cool. they're actually interacting with the show. Yes, but I did share it on the page. Did share it in the group. Hopefully. Oh yeah. Hopefully it's in the group. Let's take a look. I now have a uh, two laptops set up here. In my studio, I'm going to call it my studio. Sometimes I call it my office, but it does have a mixing board and a bass and an amp and a cabinet, so I can call it my studio. Why do I not see in the group? Oh, there it is. Oop, there it is. In the group, by the way, we are at as I get to the number. Just to keep a record of this, where the heck is it? 43,804 people. If you have that number on your uh, on your t pick five, then you're the winner. 43,504. Uh, 43,504. <coughs> All right, we are indeed live in the group. There it is. All right. And you're, if you're listening on the replay, oh, I'm sorry, 43,804. Docked 300 people in a couple seconds. Yep. And if you have that, that number, you win an autographed hat from Steve and I. 
Mm-hmm. The wisdom. Hour. Yeah, if you are listening on, <clears throat> excuse me, on the replay and you download on iTunes or something, let us know that you're listening. Say hi and let us know how you came upon the show and um, how you listen, whether it's on iTunes or Spreaker or Facebook. Um, I just yesterday, and I told you about this already, but I just yesterday put a new tab on the Facebook page and Cover Band Central that is labeled podcast. So you can click on that to get directly to the archives of the show. All 32 episodes, and now this one, 33, are available to listen right there on Facebook. How about that? Magical 33. Yes. So it's all over the place. So I learned... Um, and the reason I want people to, to say they're listening is because every once in a while I find out somebody's a listener and I'm like, really? Like, I, I had no idea that you even knew I did a podcast. Um, so it was, I played a couple weeks ago out in Biloxi with this, uh, band that I play with once in a while and the drummer Dave, um, said, yeah, man, I, I'm not on Facebook anymore. I got rid of that. Um, but I do listen to your podcast. I'm like, what? Really? Like, I don't, I really barely know the guy. Um, <clears throat> I played one gig with him. And That's I don't, a, yeah, and I don't think I, it was me that told him about it. Um, but I think the first time I met him, he was on Facebook. So we probably were Facebook friends or something. And I guess considering that I played the gig with him, he might have gone in and investigated. And made, And he said he liked the podcast, so he's listened to it more than once, so... That's pretty cool that I'm reaching out to the music community uh, of of people that are people that I do interact with, but uh, you know not often. But they are uh, staying on top of what we're doing, and that's really encouraging. You know, it's nice to have that connection uh, where um, <coughs> you know somebody's listening that I have played with. You know, and they let us know they're listening too. That they're not poaching. You know, hiding, sniping. Right. Well, some people are, apparently. A lot of people are. <laughs> Thousands do. It's okay, though. They just listen, and they don't say anything to anybody. It's their little secret. As long as they're getting the wisdom. Yes. But it's their secret, guilty pleasure, the wisdom hour. <laughs> <laughs> they go in their closets, and they tell their, their significant other that they're uh, just... Uh, yeah, I'm going to go take a nap and then they go sit in their closet and they listen to the Wisdom Hour. Yes. And they come away feeling that much better about living. Hey, speaking about feeling how much better about living, how was your birthday? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great segue. Um, it, my birthday was uh, mostly uneventful. Actually, I played... During the day, it was pretty uneventful. Uh, you know, you get a lot of phone calls and, and texts and, and uh, a lot of messages on Facebook and stuff. So that was during the day. I took it easy and played at night. And that is the last time I played. Uh, so I've had a stretch of, wow. I've had a stretch of six, six nights off. And the reason being that uh, they have Essence Fest uh, every 4th of July weekend here in New Orleans, which is predominantly R&B hip-hop artists. So you get predominantly R&B hip-hop fans in town. And we play predominantly rock and roll. So um, Wednesday night, the my birthday night, uh, we, we got cut at two sets, which is unusual. But it was we were dead, and then they played some more of that 
type of music during break and more people came in digging that and would not be digging us if we went back on. So they cut us and then they cut us for the next night and then Sunday night as well. Uh, but I'm back in action tomorrow anyway. Still, it's not bad. Six nights stretch of being off. Nice. Um, it's nice-ish. You know, it's, I, I've been able to get a lot of Caravan Central work done. And, uh, but, you know, get a little stir-crazy when I get out and play, too. So, I'm back playing tomorrow. One thing that I did, too, and I don't know how relevant this is to anybody, but for people who procrastinate, because I'm one of them, and a lot of people out there do, I have on my computer, like, a file folder of memes, pictures that I use for, for the page. And there's it. I have one file folder called CBC Fun, so it's all like kind of the funny-ish stuff, or you know, just stuff that's um, more upbeat. Um, a lot of it funny, or intended to be funny anyway. And there's close to a thousand in there images. Wow. And for the way I I collected the call it curating, you just find stuff that you. Uh, want to include in your thing and you just grab it from here grab it from there you, you know see a funny meme on online and then just copy it and put it in the folder and i've been doing that for years uh you know that's what i did kind of when i got started with this whole thing was just found s stuff that other people were posting and just reposted it and it worked so i started collecting things and the thing is when you save a picture on on online it just assigns a a file name for it and a lot of times it's just a, a numbers and like a ton of numbers and and dashes and, and whatnot and and so i just started sa saving it and not changing the file name and just putting it in this folder and that's what i was doing for years and then eventually i was like you know i really should name these things and i identify them because they're starting to really pile up here and i want to be able to find stuff so as i was saving them then i was changing the file name but there's a, a good half of them in there that have no assigned file name so you know if i want to find a picture i just got to scroll through now like 980 pictures to try <laughs> to find it um <laughs> it's cool though too because you get to see a lot of pictures all the time yeah but it's like a, a, but that and that's been the method my go-to method for picking content for 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 the page and i generally schedule it the day before um so you know, or the night before so for instance the posts that were up today i scheduled last night and, you know, since I'm doing this every day, like I scroll through the pictures and then it just becomes like a blur. Like I don't really see, you know, I just see the same th images all in there and then this, and there's no, there's no uh, um, indication of what it is unless I really look at it or open it up. You know, sometimes it's too small to see exactly what the, what it says. You know, sometimes I forget. So I started the other night going through all of those files and renaming them. Um, and it is not an easy task. I mean, it's easy. It's just very time consuming, time consuming and monotonous and just like, uh, next picture and next picture. And then what I also did was created new folders as well to, to, uh, have more subcategories for fun. And for instance, like I, I have a holidays folder now, and then within that holidays folder, I have all the different holidays that you would have, uh, you know, that we celebrate here in the United States 
so I can, you know, I like to keep things timely as I post things on the page. Um, so, yeah, I wish I had somebody to do this for me, but I kind of like doing it myself, too, so I know where the things are. I want it organized exactly the way I want it. But I've been putting that off, dude, for a year at least. Yeah, it's a mission, you know, to, to get involved with doing that, no doubt, you know, but the, the benefits of doing it, you know, when you achieve the goal at the end is, you know, the organization and, like you said, going through it. But it's long overdue, and that's what happens. You know, you put it off, you put it off. All of a sudden, you got thousands of pictures. Right now, you got to try to go back. You spend months doing that. You know. Yeah. Here, there, you know, renaming the stuff. Yeah. So and categorizing it. It's a, it's a it's a it's a heavy lift. It's a good effort. Yeah. Ultimately, it will save me time in the long run because now I'll have everything more organized and can find things easier. Oh yeah. I, and so I was thinking, this is a good topic for discussion too, especially with you. I'm glad I just thought of this. Um, I was thinking of, I, I came up with a consistent method of posting this stuff and I know you don't see it every day, but I, 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 I went tr through trial and error. I came up with a system that I wanted to use and that's what I've stuck with now for at least a year, maybe even two years. Um, and it's just like the first post of the day is an inspirational post or, uh, if it's somebody's birthday, um, you know, say happy birthday. Somebody that, you know, people in that audience would uh, know and appreciate. Um, <clears throat> and find a meme with a good quote, you know, a good inspirational quote from them or, and especially like the ones that are tied to being a musician. So, so just, just trying to find those is time consuming sometimes because it's like, you know, say it's Neil Young's birthday. I, I got to go find Neil Young meme where he's talking about like, yeah, playing the guitar, man, has been the best thing about my life or whatever. You know, just something that's related to being a musician. So I have to weed through all the different stuff that's out there. And um, <clears throat> but I, I so I've collected those in folders, too. But anyway, I start the day with that. And then if somebody has passed away, if, if it's the anniversary of their death, I'll put up a similar thing. Then I try to do an article and then the next two in a row will be funny memes. And then I try to do two articles and then funny meme, inspirational, funny meme, and that's it. Um, and, oh no, there was a, ins another inspiration there, in there after, yeah. So it's inspirational, inspirational, article, funny, funny, inspirational, article, article, funny, inspirational, funny. <laughs> that's, been my, that's been my system. That's daily. Regimen. Yeah, and I have this thing I use called Buffer App, which I, I can set the times, and it just comes up every day. It's a blank field that comes up every day with a specific time, and I just plug in the whatever I want to put in there. It's very easy to use. Um, and uh, so what I was thinking, though, I'd, now that I'm organizing things better in, in subcategories, what I think would really be fun is to do themed days. Um, and so, like, it'd be... Uh, uh, you know, drummer Thursday or whatever, but I want to come up with names and I want to do like a drummer day, but I want to come up with names for it that are, uh, uh, alliterative or, or just wacky and fun or whatever. So aside from the instruments or, or, you know, something that's, that's inspirational too. Um, and not necessarily just seven themes, you know, one for every day, but maybe, 14 or um like you know every other tuesday it's going to be uh it's going to be the prince of pound it's going to be 
Concussion yeah. Playground <laughs> yeah, Tuesday. Prince of Pound. That's good. The Prince, <laughs> the Prince of Pound. I love alliteration, though. So I was trying to, and it's hard because you got M-T-W-T-F-S-S. So you could do like Singer Sunday, um, but there's there's no other S thing. Singer, you know, like saxophone Sunday. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> saxophone Sunday. There's, actually, kind of that that kind of sounds good too. <laughs> saxophone Sunday. Joe Harp, January. But I don't know how much. But I don't know how much saxophone stuff I can find for to fill up an entire Sunday. <laughs> this is true. But I want to do. I want to come up with the themes and then kind of a post it, uh, post like a calendar type of thing on the page so people know to anticipate. Like, it's you know, it's saxophone Sunday coming up. Oh wait, I can't wait for saxophone <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> um. So, what are aside from doing the instruments? What are some other things that we could do? You think anything uh, come to the top of your head? Like a themed day. Like I would like to do an educational day uh, where I'm just post posting educational stuff. Um, um, you could do like a personal leadership day. Personal leadership, huh? Mm. Like where it's about routine and habits and cultivating, um, you know, a, a, a spirit of, uh, of striving to be the best in, in many areas. You know, like to hold yourself to a higher level and strive to do that and accomplish it. Yeah, that's good. I don't know what I'd call it though. No, if you're if you're if you have if you have a goal or you're in pursuit of something you know, leadership based like that <clears throat> and you can map out uh, a plan of attack to attain the goals of leadership, you know? Yeah. I want to make them a little, yeah, little more specific than that, though. You know, a little like so it'd be like a a band leader Wednesday, or like you know what I mean. <laughs> well, I got to tie it into being a musician. Booking agent Thursday. Booking agent. <laughs> um, I don't no, know. I know. Yeah, just an idea I was tossing around. I, I just like having Setless Sunday. What is it? Setless Sunday. Yeah, that's a good one. That's an also like Sunday's a great day to have. So there's a lot of make yourselves for the week, you know, for what the gig, what what your next gig is going to be. How about we do set list Saturday and saxophone Sunday? <laughs> Could do that. Set list Saturday because Saturday's the biggest gig gigging day for most people. Set list Saturday for sure. Set list Saturday, yeah. That's pretty. Actually, I want to implement that one in the group. Set list Saturday. Set list Saturday, because people do like posting their set lists in the group, but you know, and sometimes it goes yeah. uh, like it, it gets a trend, like it starts to take off and it becomes a trending thing in the group. Um, that, you know, that's another thought, not to cut you off, but I'm going to. If if you did <laughs> set list Sunday, it's like the air, it's like you post your set list from the gig you played last night. Like this is what we played. Mm. Or you have Setless Saturday where you, this is what we're playing what we're and playing, yeah. you know, tonight and here's where we're at. Yeah. People do like doing that too, posting their set lists and, and getting feedback. And it kind of surprises me a little bit because it, it's kind of like, well, we're not giving away our secret. But it's not really a secret, I guess, if you go to the gig and you, you could just simply write down what they're playing. Um, but uh, Yeah. You know, everyone 
play the same songs for the most part. You know, there's all. It's just how good the band is and how tight you are and how much fun you have with it. You would think that, but there's set lists on there that I look at and I'm like, hmm, oh, okay, you're playing that song? Really? Oh, really? You're doing that? Like, ooh, wow, you guys can pull that one off? Or, or um, are girls going to go running and screaming when you play that song? Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes it's serving, too. You know, people have set lists that are not going to be uh crowd favorite, you know? It's Writing a set list is one of my favorite things to do. It, it is just, there's such an art to it to me. When I was playing in Jersey, I was playing in Mad Rabbit before I played with you. It was my job to do set lists. Self, self-appointed job. Nobody else wanted to do it either. Um, and I, I love the art of it. And there's certain criteria I take into to consideration when I'm putting set lists together. <clears throat> the one main one is that whatever song you're playing has to make sense from the last song you just played to the next song you're going to play all the time. So it they, there has to be a, 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 a sensible transition from one song to another to me. And, but there's certain criteria that I follow to, to uh, make sure I, I follow that rule. Uh, and it's um, <clears throat> tempos, and, and we've probably talked about this before, but tempos, key of the song, um, genre of the song, um, that's mainly it. And popularity, too. Um, you know, how popular. It is. So, I get, like, so when I was playing a Mad Rabbit, I would do the set list at the show. And I don't know how many people do that, but a lot of people do it beforehand and then tweak as they go. But I would do it, you know, we'd do a three set night generally. And we were doing 45 or 15 minute sets. And I would write the first set out. You know, I had my master list out there, and I took it very seriously, man. <laughs> I would have my notebook, the, the laminated pages, and everything is typed out in alphabetical order, and it's a big font, and um, and then get another sheet of paper and handwrite four times the set, um, and then sit there like a science, you know, like uh, like moving these pieces. This piece is going to go here, and this piece is going to go there, and really try. And I, you know. If I say so myself, I'm good at it. And then when I got here, nobody writes set lists at all here. And when I had my band and I was calling the show, I would call and just call as we go. But I was like, bam, bam, bam. Like everybody always had to know what the next song was during the song that they're playing. Or at least, no, let me correct myself. Everybody who needed to know what the next song was. So for instance, if the drummer started the song then the drummer's the only one that needs to know because everybody else is going to figure it out what song it is. So I was good, very good at, at that, like thinking about where, where, which direction do I want to head and, and how to communicate that on stage. Um, I really need to write a freaking article about that. I have not done that, and I don't know why I haven't done that. But I need to. But there's definitely something to be said for calling audibles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um... So how how do you guys do Danny. it? Hey, Danny, what's up? Not Danny, but there's nobody comment unless wait. I don't have the comment thing open. You hit the the chat, this is so sad. The chat has currently no messages. Be the first to leave a message. Ah, <laughs> uh, where is everybody? Um, but yeah, how do you guys do it, Weisenheimers, with your sets? Say, uh, Gig specific, you know, depending on the venue. 
definitely written out beforehand. Jimmy usually does them. Uh, and then depending on what it works out to be, uh, you know, I usually let, you know, Jimmy writing the set list works in the favor because he's got to change patches in between some songs and, you know, the segues into one to the next or whatever. It's easier for him to uh, dictate the order of the songs according to what he needs to do. But it's, it's definitely beforehand. But like I said, but the audible thing, you know, depending on, you might be running down the list and then, like you said, if people are up dancing and it's a certain tempo, you might go right into another song of the same tempo. You know, you might go from Billie Jean into December into, uh, you know, something else of that t- tempo or beat yeah. structure. Yeah. Well, was- dance, you know, one's the next. So you may bypass songs or put them out of order, depending, like you said, it's an audible, it's a call. Uh, right. But everyone has to know on stage what the next song is going to be or what your segue is from one song to the next if you're going to keep the groove groove going like you said uh if it's the drummer's responsibility to start the song everyone has to know what song it is though at the same time so they stop playing let him start it okay um yeah i like you know there were bands that i would go see where i learned this and one of the bands and you might know was you 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 know those guys oh yeah i played at the cricket club with them yeah time they play, uh, pre- I still play, as far as I know, predominantly out in Pennsylvania. And the drummer, yeah. Joe, would just play, he would just never stop playing drums during the set. He just would not stop playing. Whatever the song, next song was, as soon as that, the, the last note of the song, or, or the last beat of the song, is the first beat of the next song. You know? And, right. You yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, and and drummers, the people down here are good at. It. Some people down here are good at it, but don't practice it all the time. And it's based on whatever situation is going on. If there's nobody in the room, then there's no point to them anyway. I kind of look at it a little differently, but you know what's cool about something like that is if you come out of like uh, romantics. What I like about you into Black Crows. Um, Hard to handle. Yeah, the tempo change coming from that. You know, as you come out, that, 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 yeah, that's the next one. good. Yeah, as long as you have a, a drummer that can do that, just really switch tempos right, um, like that, lock into the, the proper tempo in one beat like that, then you're golden. Because um, people would, like, if people were dancing to what I like about you, and then you, you know, you kind of pull it back there BPM wise with that next song, but they're going to know what the song is right away. They're not going to stop dancing. They're just going to adjust to the new tempo. Yes. But if you stop, what I like about it, you know, that, that few seconds of dead air right there just kills, kills it. So you need to kind of like, like radio, you know, something. right. Which is not bad. Like, and that's another thing that you take into consideration, too, is um, you got to give people a break at some point and, and g- give them a chance to get to the bar and get a drink. Um, and, you know, if you're really good at this, you're paying attention to people. Like, when did they get their last drink? How many drinks did they buy? Who are they with? Um, you know, are, is everybody drinking that they're with? How, how likely are they to keep, you know, stay around longer? You know, 
I mean, you can get really, really deep into it, into the science of it, of how it works. And I did that, you know, I just kind of did it by default without even thinking about it. I was doing just, I don't know why, just because I'm interested in sociological things and, um, and, and factored that into what I was, you know, what songs I'm calling. All right, now we got to, we got to slow the tempo down and, you know, do a slow song. So, so that table over there can go get a, a new round or whatever. Um, it's a lot to it, man, that, that people don't consider. And it, it blows my mind. And that's the one thing when I see people's set list, too, that I look at it and it's like, yeah, these are good songs, but why did you put them in that order? You know, what, what's, what, what are you thinking putting them in that order? And are you thinking about why it's in that order? Um, and I don't think a lot of people do that, like get that deep into it with cover bands. The good ones do. Um, but you know, I definitely consider keys. Like I, I think there's a, a subconscious thing that hooks people in when you stay in the same key for three or four songs in a row that just gets them like, it's almost like a hypnosis type of thing. You can, you're taking over people's minds by the key. So, um, that's, that's a big factor I would consider. Like I'll do a couple songs in a row in a that are, you know, kind of similar in genre similar in tempo um and similar in popularity and you know it would just it's it's a no-brainer it works every time when you do it like there's certain like i would always put together uh like walk this way um uh, uh, i want you to want me you know they're both an a and they're both upbeat songs both songs that everybody knows I'm trying to think what else. I have all my old set lists saved. Um, I used to do write it every night, or uh, for for um, yeah for Mad but Rabbit. You were I saying Taylor, our set list to the place we were playing. Like if we knew we were playing a barn or roads or someplace that was more, um, you know, a little rough around the edges, then we would play more. You know, the set list would then be around that you know genre of, of music if we knew we were doing it as, as a three-piece like jimmy wasn't going to play with us and we didn't have a keyboard player then we would also then tailor the set list accordingly to make it you know adapt to that so it, it would really the set list would be dependent on the gig you know 100 percent. song order would then be yeah well thought through but like, to your point you know much different from a backyard party to a wedding to a bar to a private corporate event, you know, music wise or beach party, you know, depends on the age group of the people as well. Right. As far as right. Yes. What, what hits from what eras, you know, that sort of thing too. Cause I remember we played one new year's and it was all, um, you know, it was a older, older crowd and we were like rocked out. And then we came back the following year and it was more of like a WKTU crowd. And we, you know, and right. we, it was a DJ WKTU type of crowd. You is know, a dance. Here, it was, yeah, it was, it was uh, you know, it was different every time. So you couldn't, you couldn't figure out the room. So in a situation like that, that, like you said, right before the gig, you would go and you would, you know, kind of case the room and see like what the clientele looked like, and then you know, adjust accordingly, you know, all to the set list. But always have. Um, you know, we usually have a set list and then an, a list of alternates. So at least you have a whole list of other songs you can call it as an audible or something you want to throw in that maybe you forgot all about, you know? Right. You have 200 songs. Let's see. Uh, 
you, you know, you know, you can't maybe pull all 200 songs right off the top of your head. But if you have a bunch of them in front of you that you didn't, you know, wouldn't have normally thought about, you might throw it in. Yeah, you got to have a master list, man, too. Every band should have a master list, and every band does not have a yeah, master but you, list. To your point, you can't have the master list like on the music stand, you know, but you can no. have top 20, 25 alternate songs in, you know, addition to the 40 that you're doing right. that are already in set. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just saying in general, every band needs to have a master list. It's a, it's a must. It's, it's, it is a oh. fundamental part of playing in a band that a lot of bands, it blows my mind that a lot of bands just don't have a master list. Like how? Well, I, you know what, to that point, what blows my mind is that if you have a master list like that, like we do, the capacity of every individual in the band is different for how well they can remember those 200 songs, right? Yeah, I get that. But, you know, how long you've gone back to it, what the words are to it, what the drum beat is to I it. I get that. You know. Yeah, I mean, that's a natural part. Some people can retain that is what I'm getting at, where you could say, hey, play that song. We haven't played it in two years. Boom, you you, you remember it. You know, other people like, I got to go home and I got to brush up on it. Right. But I mean, somebody still needs to have that, keep that record. Like, because I, I had it in Mad Rabbit and that, that would happen exactly what you said. It's like, we, you know, oh, we haven't played that song in a year. I don't really remember the solo or whatever. And but at least it's there on your list of like a song we did play or, you know, you change personnel, too. And then it's like somebody comes in. But that's why it's important to me, especially because I play I do sub work a lot, you know, or, or join a new band. And that's the first thing that I would I would want as somebody coming into the band is like, OK, let me can I see your list so I can, you know, check, I'll check off to you what I know. And then I'll learn what you tell me that I really need to know. And and it's always 100% of the time been the case, exactly what you said is, you know, there'll be that list, but, oh, yeah, we haven't done this song in a, lot, in a while or, you know, or right. uh, or it's just, it's 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 worn out, it's welcome, it's past its time, you know, it just doesn't, doesn't work anymore, that song. But it's still on the list. And sometimes those type of songs come back too, so that's why you want, but you, st- you have to have it. Like, how can you... It blows my mind. Like, how can you not have a list of songs? They can't just, you know, because you're not going to be able to really grow if you don't have that foundation to start with. Like, okay, this is what we have. What can we add to it? Um, and it just keeps it organized. And, like, I don't know. There's so many reasons. There's so many reasons to have one. And there's no good reason to not unless you're lazy. That's what I think, really, man just going to call it like it is. I think people are lazy that don't do that. Just yeah, I can't imagine not doing it either. Like, yeah, it's, it's a must-have. Yeah. And, you know, if you really want to get into it, and I've seen people do this, too, that are really anal about it, that put it into a spreadsheet and have the key of the song, and, you know, some goes as far as having the tempo of the song, have it in a nice, like, Excel word sheet, we're a Excel spreadsheet and alphabetical have the artist name in there. Uh, you know, the key, the tempo, like if you really want to do it right, that's what you do. Some people do that. I've seen that too. And that's, that's kind of overwhelming too. Like I had somebody send me last year who was looking potentially for a bass player, send me a, an Excel spreadsheet like that. And I mean, there were friggin' 500 songs in there and they wanted me to know what I know. So I had to go through them all and just highlight the ones I knew and then send it back. But I really appreciated that organization. 
That's a lot of songs. Yeah. Yeah. And you go through and you're like, it's cool, too, because you go through that and you see, oh, yeah, I forgot about that song, you know, or whatever. I mean, for me, I've been playing 35 years. There's song I, songs I played when I was young that I haven't played since. Like, uh, recently was doing some fill-in work with uh, Rockbox here in New Orleans at Fat Cats, and they do There's Only One Way to Rock by Sammy Hagar. And I've, I played that in my first band. And haven't played it since, <laughs> so I had to go back and I had to go back and relearn it. Yeah, I had to go back and relearn it. Um, and it's funny, like thinking, like, wow, thirty-five years ago, I learned this song and played it right. You know, I'm sure I played it right. It's not a hard song, but easier, almost like it was easier to learn it back then than it is now. And we, you and I were talking about that. That's really good to talk about, too, man. You, with your boy, um, Cole, who just turned 18. Happy birthday, Cole. Yeah. yeah. And you it, were, it, I saw it, this it, video it. of you, um, and this was last week. I saw this video of you that your wife had put up on Facebook, since you're not on Facebook. Karen has to do it. Of it's you playing drums and Cole playing keyboards on Rush's subdivisions. Subdivisions. Yeah, yeah. And now I know you told me that story, but tell it here because I think it's fantastic. So both my boys, Chase and Cole, were asking if we can get a keyboard that they could have to mess around on. Because, you know, they have the drums and they both, you know, mess around and play drums. And Cole has a, a natural affinity to, uh, he picks up things really quick. So I asked him if he had a keyboard, uh, you know, Jimmy and my band. And he said, yeah, I have, I have an extra keyboard. So he, he he lent it to me, brought it home, and kids were playing it. And so Cole started spending a couple hours a day working on stuff. So he first, yeah, he worked on subdivisions. He learned that. And he doesn't play keyboard. He played trumpet in school. He plays drums. He can read music in that regard. But he doesn't have any piano lessons, per se, or, or any type of exposure to it until but xylophone of course for notes but <laughs> it's xylophone <laughs> saturday xylophone tuesday or xylophone <laughs> sunday xylophone sunday um, dude i like that man. yeah yeah xylophone fun day <laughs> so uh cole was all uh pumped on the keyboard he was working on so he learned subdivisions and then uh he learned other subsequent songs. Like I said, hey, he wanted to learn, uh, you know, Karen said, why don't you try to learn Don't Stop Believing? So he learned that. And then he What is that song? Who, who does that one? Yeah, I, I forget. It was, it was uh, somewhat popular back in the day. Right. And then he learned Imagine by John Lennon. Oh, and then great. he was, uh, he has a, a latest one. But anyway, he was playing Subdivisions. And so I walked in off the patio and he was sitting down and he was jamming it and he saw me stuff like that and I sat down behind the kit and then Karen started recording it so me and him impromptu jammed subdivisions and it wasn't like rehearsed or anything it's just how it happened you know what I mean he was downstairs like practicing Karen came downstairs and said you know I didn't record you like playing this yet so she rec started recording them and then I walked in and then he, uh, he saw me and then I, I gave him a nod and I sat down and then we just started jamming it and it was like a good minute jam of uh, subdivisions it was, it was really cool yeah but uh yeah, I mean, I saw the, I'm sorry to jump in, but I saw the video, and I didn't know anything about this prior to it. I just, the video popped up on my Facebook, I'm like, oh, cool, let me watch this. And I was like, 
damn. Like, first of all, I was just impressed by the song selection because I love that song. I love Rush, but I love that song. It's a fun song to play on bass. It's a, it's a great song to sing along to and, uh, you know, everything. But I'm like, oh, there's, there's my boy Tony playing drums in the background. And there's all these other instruments around the room. And then Cole's playing. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. just like, I was, so blo- I was so impressed by the setup there and everything. And, you know, how... How good that drums actually sounded on that video. Yeah, she was using a phone, right? Yeah, correct. And it was the Gretsch kit all the way at the far end of the studio. Right. And Cole's at like the other end. And, you know, like I said, there's electronic drums. There's like a marching bass drum. There's an electronic drum set. There's a uh, xylophone. There's the, the mega kit. There's my uh, drum set. It's like a musician's having, man. Yeah. So listen. And so then this is the greatest part. So he learned a couple other songs. You know, since then he was working on some stuff. And Chase has been working on stuff too. But Cole... I see him in his room and he's got his erector set out and he's built, he's built something. Right. And I said, right. what are you making? He goes, I'll show you. You're going to, you know, I'll come downstairs in a little bit. I'll show you what That's I'm making. Great. So he built, uh, I'm going to tell you what it is in a second, but I'm going to play you something. So this was Cole's 20 seconds that he, he said, come downstairs and, and I'll play this for you. So check this out. That is, wait a second. That is, oh man, I should have brought this up. What is wrong with me? I I mean, come on, that was great. Oh, forget it. I have to have this shit ready. That, dude, I mean, that's very, very impressive. Like He doesn't play keyboards. No, nor, you know, and he like messes. And he Around built a, a harmonica holder with an erector set and yes. <laughs> and then performed it that well. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's, that's, I'm so glad you recorded that. That's awesome. I didn't even know that you had that and you were going to play it. That's great, man. That sounded just perfect. Perfect. Like, Yeah, no, I didn't know I was going to play it either because I had it on my phone, you know, because, uh, again... He was just downstairs jamming, and I'm like, I'm going to record this, you know? And, like, on the spot, he just breaks the stuff out. And it's like, all right, I got to go. I'm going outside to, like, ride dirt bikes or something, you know? But he, he so divides cool, his time. But yeah, he, he's so creative. It's it's very inspiring. Uh, That's so you know, cool. I, I blessing mean, to, to, to do it. Yeah, and I want to use this to segue into our, our guest next week, but... Um, we, you and I were talking about this, and uh, that's why I was talking about, like, I learned this song when I was really young, and now, like, now I'm an adult, it's it's actually more challenging to learn it, because uh, you and I were talking about this last night, about uh, how it's easier for, for kids to learn, especially if they're encouraged, and how you were telling me that you encourage your kids, you know, it's just, God bless you, man. Um. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, try to lead them the best we can, but, you know, in, into what the possibilities of what the world can be. And, you know, everyone has gifts and talents, and you just got to dig deep and find them and then nurture them and, and work on them, you know. And he's, you know, like I said, Cole's taking that to just a level beyond even where I took it, you know. He just has the, this uncanny ability to, to, you know, just to pick up instruments and be able to play them. 
That's great, man. He has the natural talent. He's got the proper education and the proper motivation and inspiration from his family. Um, it's, I mean, that's yeah, just it, the way it should be. Yeah, very blessed. Just very blessed and grateful. Um, but, the you know, kids are, and we were talking about this last night, and that's how I'll segue, but, um, you know, kids b- believe you know they they don't they're not so jaded as as we are as we get as adults and uh, you know just not so easy to sway into you know thinking that they can't do something and they just you just decide and i we all experience this as a kid you just decide oh i want to do this thing because it's fun and because i want to do it yes it's going to require some talent and some knowledge but i'm not going to i'm not going to worry about those things i mean that worry doesn't even come into play at all it's just you move forward without any inhibitions and you do it because it's because you love it and nobody can tell you that you can't do it um and uh you know that's all like uh, being in a certain vibration and and that's something that we're all able to still do even though we're not kids and we are jaded and we and we've gotten negative about things or gotten harder on ourselves or whatever and it's this thing called the law of attraction which we we just you you practice being in the energetic space that you want to feel like and then you will sort of draw into your life the uh, the things that match up with that same vibration that same frequency and kids are better at doing it that because we all learn to to be like ah life sucks (laughs) Yeah, you're right. They're, they're not jaded. They look at it through a different lens, you know. So if you can nurture them to, to believe that there's nothing that they can't do, you know, as long as they believe in it and they put in the effort, like you said, to achieve it, uh, you know, they do it a couple of times and they see a great accomplishment and then all of a sudden it's like, wow, it really works. And then that they think that's the way that it is. Yeah, well, it so is. Because they think that's the way that it is, that is the way that it becomes for them. Right. Yeah, it's all what you believe in whatever... Uh wherever your vibration is at. And vibration is a real thing. It's a real scientific thing that is measurable. You know, in, in music, um, notes vibrate at a particular frequency. Um, you know, A is 440 hertz. It is a number. And energy, all of energy works the same way. We just don't know what the number is, but we know how it feels. And we know that once we get into that feeling that other things that correspond with that feeling will show up in life. Um, and I've experienced this, especially being as a, a musician, um, over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Um, but it's something that you can do intentionally too. And, um, so we're going to have next week, we're going to have a, a, a guy on a guest. His name is Bob Doyle and he was, in a movie called The Secret about 12 years ago, came out 2006, and a corresponding book as well. And the book easily sold over a million copies. It was bestseller for a while. It was on the list. And uh, the movie itself, I don't know how many copies, but a lot. Um, And I've been lucky enough to know him for the last couple of years. And he started... um, he was a, an integral part of the secret for one and you know he talks about the things that we were just referring to law of attraction type of things and 
He's going to be our guest because he started this thing uh, 10 years ago called the Boundless Living Challenge. And for him, uh, one of his biggest challenges was to play the ukulele, which is his instrument, um, in front of people. He had a lot of res- resistance around that. So h- the challenge was about overcoming that resistance. And I know there's a lot of musicians out there that struggle with um, with fear, basically, of playing in front of people. And they struggle with their self-esteem and their confidence and, and uh and he is going bob is going to be able to really reach out to those people and and really offer some some great guidance so i'm thrilled dude that he's going to be on the show next week yeah not only the guidance but the inspiration too right for these you know to see what can be accomplished yeah and the fact that he does the so he's relaunching this challenge next week and uh, he's looking for other people to come on board. And I have been involved with programs with him. And I, I can tell you that if you're looking for somebody out there that is actually going to provide the proper guidance based on your particular situation, um, there's nobody better. And especially as a musician, because he can relate being a musician, um, it's... Um, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be one for the books, Tony. Episode thirty-four. It'll be thirty-four. Yes. Um, Dasha Kamo just said, "Steve-o, hey bud." So hi, Dasha. So that's we finally got a first comment on Spreaker. <laughs> Somebody listening live. That's cool. Plus, we still have Danny Pete and uh, Johnny on the other line too. Yes, Danny and Pete. Or was it Bobby and Sue? I don't remember. No, no, Pete and Johnny were on first, and Danny came after that. Right. Looking at it right now. Don't mock me. All right. Sorry. Um, so what you got going on musically? Any, any, anything? That's going to be awesome. Having, having Bob on. It's going to be a very exciting show. Yes. Yeah, man. Um, well, that's what I was saying before about, about like personal leadership. Like I guess the way to describe it best would be like that little thing I just played for you that, that Cole did, you know? It's like trying your best to do something with the abilities that you have without having to be pushed or prodded to do it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And with no fear, you know, with no fear and just self-inspired to do it and go for it. And because there is no fear and you are inspired to do it and go for it. And in your mind, you think there's no reason why you can't do it because you know your ability. All of a sudden you're able to do it. Right. And definitely release or not having the fear to because the you know kids they just don't have the fear to begin with and then we learn fear and then we have to try to get past that fear to get back to the, the place that we naturally would go right if there was no fear and fear is really an illusion um, so the thing that you're afraid of I have this posted on my um, on my board that you I have a vision board in front of me that I'm looking at in my studio. And you told me this quote last year, and I, when you told me, I printed it and I put it on the vision board. And it says, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure that you seek. And yes, you, you told me that last year. And so, I mean, that is really the truth. It's like, you, you know, you, as far as performing on stage, I think people's fear comes down to what are they thinking of me? They're going to have this opinion of me. And that's what people are consumed with. And 
ultimately, it doesn't matter what anybody thinks of you. It only matters what you think of you. And people are going to reflect to you what you think of you, mostly. You know, so if you go up to, because, you know, I learned this early. Again, I was young. I was Cole's age when I was playing in bands and I was playing, you know, really good shows. By 19 years old, I was opening for National Acts in New Jersey. And I just thought I was the shit. That was what I thought. I, I just had decided that. And, and I, you know, ended up getting into one of the best bands in that, in that time, in that area. And people were just agreeing with me you're the shit dude you're great you're, you know you're the and we were this was the 80s where it was more like bombastic too it was more over the top and um and you know it's not so much like that now but but back then it was just acceptable to be like that to be a little over the top on stage and act like you're the shit and i didn't think about it i didn't consider what anybody thought I didn't care. It, it didn't matter to me. I just, I loved what I was doing. I loved playing music. I loved being in a band. I loved the live experience. I just loved it all. And, and, and you, you can't hide that. And, and I also thought I was good because when I first started playing, I was good. I was good enough to play in a band within like two months of playing bass. You know, I was, I just, cause I got right on it. I just learned songs right from the beginning. As soon as I got a bass, I just started learning songs. I took lessons. I took music theory. I learned songs, and and to, you know, as soon as as soon as the first person told me I was good, I just that's it. I believed it. Well, you got it right, and the, the way to cultivate that mindset, right? You got to think about for someone to get over any type of fear is that when you're at home by yourself in the basement and you're playing and this sounds great, you know that you can play it. So when you go to the gig you know already in your mind that you can play it. So there's nothing to be afraid of. Right. And you can enjoy it and really be, like you said, inspired by it and embrace it because there's no difference, right? So if you play it at home and you're, and you're comfortable and you're confident with it, you know, and you only be confident with it because you practiced it and you know it, you know, and then once you, you develop that, that confidence and, and, you know, through the work of learning the song and, and practicing it and making sure you know it, then you, that you can exude that confidence when you go to play out live because you know you can do it at home. So there's no reason why, like you said, it can't, it, it's not duplicatable later other than the fact that you will prevent yourself from playing it because you'll put some kind of, like you said, illusion in front of you right. that would make you think otherwise. Yeah. Right? But that's the whole trick right there. Make you think otherwise because you know that you can play it so there's no other way to look at it other than the fact of you're talking yourself out of it that makes sense yeah it's all in your mind everything that comes up that prevents you any resistance that comes up to keep you from fulfilling generated yeah it's all it's up to you it's a choice really it always comes down to a choice you can just choose as long as you recognize it like i'm okay i'm i don't want to play in front of these people because i'm afraid my my voice will crack um you recognize it. You work on the, the fundamentals of what you need to do to not have your voice crack, and then you just go and do it. And if your voice cracks, so what? It, you, you're, don't worry about what anybody else thinks, um, and don't be so hard on yourself for it. You know, we're we're so good at judging ourselves. Um, and uh, the bottom line is, do, if you're going to play music, 
do it because you love it. You know, that's what's most important. Um, so, so, so working with somebody like, like Bob, who is a musician who has, has dealt with that issue is really beneficial to, uh, to you because you get that real, real life, uh, real time experience in it and, and, uh, are given really good, uh, guidance and tools to use to overcome things like that. There's so many things as a musician too, that, that offers resistance you know, working with other people and, and, uh, you know, not everybody's honest in the music business, believe it or not. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was shocked when I found out that, that out too. I've never seen that come across that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but it all really comes back to you. You know, everything always comes back to you. I've been doing, you know, there's been so many times, man, I, and I've been doing this 35 years but there's been so many times when I felt defeated but I didn't act on that feeling because the the love for music overcame the fear it was more important it always comes down to that yeah definitely so that's because, yeah. you know you could play for years with the fear and never enjoy it. And, and what a waste of time. Yep. You got to believe, man. You got to believe in... Because in, in, believing in what you're, you're doing makes it true. It makes it happen. Just like Cole sitting down at that piano, man, and building a, a rector set harmonica holder. <laughs> of course yeah, I can like do you it. Said. I, you know, the, like, oh, all right, I need something to hold the harmonica. What's, you look <laughs> around the room. Oh, my rector set. Okay. I can do that. And there's nothing telling him that he can't. Nothing in his right. mind telling him that he can't. Like, and the, the fears that would come into your mind is like, I've never seen anybody do that before. I don't have the time. I'm not sure how I exactly can put it together. You know, like all Let's these... Look at what the shape is and how it's held on and to see what I got resources to use and I'll build one. Yeah. You know, but all these fearful voices come in our head as adults thinking like, you know, that you can't do it. And... As long as you shut that voice up and like I want to tell the dog to stop barking right now. I don't know if you can hear him <laughs> barking. but I, No, I can't hear him at all. Stop, stop barking. That's, that's good. I'm glad he was barking because that's what you want to tell that voice in your head that's, that's telling you that you can't do something. Stop barking. Stop barking. Just tell that voice as if it's a dog. Stop barking. That's it. No so, barking. Yeah, so Butler was like, I'm going to be part of this inspirational discussion, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, fuck yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. But no, so true. You know how, like I said, the lens at which you look at stuff through is determines the outcome of everything that we experience. Yes. Very well said. I'm going to give you that on that. Thank you. All right. All right, that does it. Next week, uh, we are going to have Mr. Bob Doyle from The Secret and the Boundless Living Challenge on as a special guest. It will be next Tuesday, July 17th at... What time did we decide? 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific. Is that correct? No, 8 o'clock. 9 o'clock Eastern. No, 9, nine o'clock. Eastern. Nine o'clock Eastern, eight o'clock Central, seven o'clock Mountain. 
6 o'clock Pacific, all p.m. Yeah. And we'll be live all here. Four times. All four time zones and overseas, too, because I know we get Australian listeners and people from the U.K. as well. So, And we got Dasha from Australia right now, and she says, rock on, guys. Um, so thanks for yeah. listening. Share, please share this with your friends. Share this episode and share the whole link. Like I said, the link is on the Facebook page now, which is facebook.com slash Central. You'll find a tab for podcasts where you can find all these. Next week, Bob Doyle from The Secret. Yes. We will see you then. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.